Second part of session 76, let's talk here about cosmic evolution, one of my favorite topics here. Let's begin. In the last video, we got a little bit of a taste on the archetypical mind, and now we're gonna get into the remainder questions that I left out on the archetypical mind, and then we'll go into what I call cosmic evolution. Cosmic evolution, of course, is not something that I'll be able to explain fully here, but with all the knowledge that we have so far of the raw material, it's gonna make it a lot easier to digest and understand this and possibly integrate it. So I want to start this introduction by saying that I want to offer two views. There is, because this is the way I perceive it and the best way I can describe it. Now these two views are interrelated because that's just the nature of how consciousness works. And I, the first one is that we we get into learning this from the sensation of separation which is a perspective it is a belief it is a, um, a medium shall we say in which we can perceive the creation and it's a useful one because otherwise we wouldn't see anything then there is the much needed perspective of unity, of oneness, of everything being within the oneself. And I think this is helpful because it puts into perspective reality, as opposed to create more seemingly unattainable um, processes that are happening at some point in the future. The reason why I want to do this is because sometimes I, I feel that the language, and it's just uh, it's nobody's fault, but it's just the language creates the possibility of us uh, confusing what we're learning about reality as being something um, that contradicts the, um, the proof of unity. I, I say that with all conviction and with truth. The proof the uh, empirical evidence that we have of unity. Why do I say that? Because if we say that, for example, uh, sixth density is something that's going to happen in the future, then we're saying that time actually exists. And time is really just a measurement. It, it doesn't really exist. If this sounds weird to you, um, consider that an inch doesn't exist. An inch is a way to measure. A minute doesn't exist, even though it's a helpful mean to uh, measure reality. What we measure, whether that be uh, the time or, I won't say time, but the distance between events, what separate events, that would be time, and that which separates um, perception is length or uh, distance. So all these things are important to keep in mind. This is how I have seen reality from both point of views, and I want to share it. 
Another thing that I want to share is something personal that is hopeful, uh, hopefully something that you can, uh, it can be of aid to you if you're on this path. And is that I, uh, this is just a confession of what I have been uh, seeing in myself and it clearly is on different levels because I've been doing this for a while, meaning the um, communication or um, talking about these topics, but is that for a while I have been um, sort of withholding my own views on unity and I think this is due to the the belief that people won't be able to understand the madness, <laughs> if I can call it that, of uh, my views on reality. So I'm trying to do my best to project this in a way that it's helpful for people to see how I see unity. Because it is not an intellectual thing, it's rather a moment to moment experience that I have and I'm trying to put that more into context here within the law of one because guess what the law is one we are one and so if we can nourish this uh, this view in all of us it's not to say that you're going to nourish my view it's your own view so if this helps you then it helps everybody the one and I want to add more of this sense of unity to everything that we see. Because again, we're going to talk about cosmic evolution, even the archetypical mind. All of this is a is another way in which we can get stuck in uh, studying too much and trying to learn how things work as if we were something separate from what we're studying. So I want to bring that in to the equation. We are the only ones to be studied and we're constantly studying whether that be conscious or unconsciously, the self, which is me, or I, or you, the I that we all call ourselves. So the better, um, the more conscious we, uh, we study ourselves, the better we can understand who we are. All right, so all that introduction, thank you for listening to that. We can go, and again, this is another point where I can say, if you're on YouTube, there are timestamps where you can navigate the questions and you can skip my um, my introductions if they're not of interest to you, just so you know. Um, so here we go. We should, all videos, all Law of One videos have timestamps, so you should know this by now, but I like to reiterate. All right, sorry, introduction is not over. <laughs> uh, just wanna reiterate that in the last video, we talked about the archetypical mind Ra talked about, just briefly, I'll recap, that um, the Tarot actually came from the desire to teach the archetypical mind. Then we talked about the different ways if we can study the archetypical mind. All of this is relevant to the questions that we're going to read today. So Ra said Astrology, Tarot, and uh, Tree of Life, which is the uh, Kabbalah's mystic path to understanding uh, reality. And so all these things are helpful uh, to study the archetypical mind. They're not the only ways, but they are the, the most advanced. And when advanced, I mean um, 
the body of study that is available to us for for studying. Much like non-duality is something that doesn't get studied by a specific um, body or material, but rather it's uh, it's something that we can investigate on ourselves on our own, and that. However, we certainly do have a lot of material and information from the East about non-duality. So I think that's all I have. They also talked about the specific logos that they create the archetypical mind or tinker with it. I have explained this in the past and I won't talk about this much now, only to mention that each logos or each star has its own archetypical mind. The neighboring stars seem to share this, as Ra explained last time, they seem to share a uh, similarity in terms of the archetypical mind. So the farther away, farther away we are from our sun, I guess the weirder <laughs> it becomes on ter in terms of how the mind is experienced and creation as a whole. So this all has to do with consciousness, very complex, fascinatingly complex. But um, let's stick to the material. All right, my sermon is done. We can go with done. <laughs> Here we go. Question 11. Don continues asking about the archetypical mind, but says then since Ra evolved initially on Venus, Ra is of the same archetypical origin as that which we experience here. Is this correct? And Ra says, this is correct. Then Don says, but I'm assuming that the concepts of the Tarot and the magical concepts of the Tree of Life, etc. were not in use by Ra. I suspect, possibly, some form of astrology was previous, was a previous Ra concept. This is just a guess. Am I correct? Ra says, and invokes the law of confusion here, to express Ra's methods of study of the archetypical mind under the system of distortions which we enjoy would be to skew your own judgment of that which is appropriate for the system of distortions forming the conditions in which you learn teach. Therefore, we must invoke the law of Confucian. So, in terms of the archetypical mind, right, so why are we talking about Ra, Venus and all of this? Again, we have the Sun, first we have the Logos, which is the galaxy. Prior to that, we, to the Logos, we have the Grand Central Sun, or the One Infinite Creator, right? The big Logos. <laughs> but we're going to concentrate on the galaxy, the galaxy as a Logos. The galaxy as a Logos breaks down itself into, it doesn't break down, but it uh, holographically projects itself in different stars. Each star having the main archetypical configuration of the galaxy decides to play with it. And this playing with is what creates, for example, in our sun, the archetypical mind that we are aware of and we function by. So in this, the sun, let's just go with our with our sun, the star, creates now a holographic projection of itself in the planets. And so it further distorts in the sense of the 
the ROS definition of distortion, it reconfigures the archetypical mind or the the archetypes that were lent by the galaxy. And so each planet must be a sub-sub-logos. And that's what Ra explains. Each of us, each planet, we represent the planet. We are a holographic projection of the planet. We are still the planet, we are still the sun, we are still the galaxy, and so on. So in this uh, projection, the archetypes are different, of course. Just like on each star, it's different. On each planet, it's different. That's why Ra is saying that to express the methods of study of their archetypical mind, which is the same archetypical mind, but from their point of view, from the Venus third density, they were mind-body-spirit complexes in third density. It's the only density where you have a complex. And we'll get to that as we go on with book four. Why is it complex? But yes, that's, um, that's what they experience. But they cannot talk about it because then it would give uh, perhaps a different view on how we should study the archetypical mind. And that's just not appropriate, of course, because everybody has their own way. Um, and that's it. So this is, this is pertaining only to planet Earth. Uh, it has happened on other planets like Venus, but yeah, the archetypical mind as we know it then is only of this planet, so we have to study it ourselves. Now, let's move on to what brings the question on evolution. Don says in question 13, I am going to ask some questions now that may be a little off-center of what we are trying to do. I'm not sure because I'm trying to, with these questions, unscramble something that I consider to be very basic to what we're doing. Please, Forgive my lack of ability in questioning since this is a difficult concept for me. Could you give me an idea of the length of the first and second density that occurred for this planet, planet Earth? Ra says, there is no method of estimation of the time space before timelessness gave way in your first density. To the beginnings of your time, the measurement would be vast. To the beginnings of your time, the measurement would be vast. And yet, this vastness is meaningless. Upon the entry into the constructed space-time, your first density spanned a bridge of space-time and time-space of perhaps two billion of your years. So, we're talking about the evolution of the planet itself, which is evolution of mind, body, spirit. And um, we have to start, obviously, with first density. I think Don's question was about the length of time in first and second, right? And we do get an answer in, in here, but first, let's get into context. So uh, here's where I'll start giving both perspectives, you know, the scientific perspective of, and I'm going to call it scientific because it's a method of studying by segmenting, dissecting, and then there is the method of study from uh, oneness, from consciousness, the, the scientific method in consciousness, <laughs> uh, the science of consciousness. So what's happening here? 
we're coming out of timelessness, right? Because before there is anything, there is nothingness or no thingness. There cannot be something objective before we have objectivity, okay? So let's study it from, from the scientific perspective, um, physical, metaphysical, and then from consciousness. From the scientific perspective, we see uh, what was before the Big Bang, you see? Now the Big Bang is something that's happening to you every morning, but you don't know it. You perceive it as just waking up. It's the same thing. When we get into consciousness, we're going to see it that way. But again, Big Bang happens. It comes from nothingness. There is no time because there are, there are no events happening to be able to measure time. So you see, uh, that which is prior to things, to time, to space, must be timeless. And of course, objective-less. So that's why Ra says, there is no method of estimation of the time-space before timelessness gave way in your first density. Now, in the cosmology, we know that first density comes from timelessness, and then it goes into this uh, movement, which is the vibration that creates first density, and then so on. But I won't get ahead of myself. To the beginnings of your time, the measurement would be vast. And yet this vastness is meaningless. What is the distance between the event horizon and the singularity? There is no distance, you see. <laughs> um, there is just one, no time, no object, no nothing. That is the black hole. And from this black hole is that everything comes out. Now you are that black hole. The atoms are black holes. Everything is, really. But before I keep getting too abstract. The only thing that matters is that scientifically we know that everything came out of nothing. And that is a big puzzle for people who study and they say, well, that's just creepy. <laughs> we don't get into that. Upon the entry into the constructed space-time, your first density spanned a bridge of space-time in time-space of perhaps two billion of your years. Now, what is the constructed space-time? upon the entry into the constructed space-time, this is what Ra calls the, the first, um, it's that there's sort of like a threshold between timelessness and the beginnings of movement, right? It's an arbitrary distinction from our point of view because we cannot see anything that is, uh, that cannot be measured. In, and yet that experience exists. We all live it. I'm talking about the, ex, the, the experience of nothingness. That is consciousness, pure consciousness. So that's happening. That's the beginning of movement. There is a, an activity. There is, there is free will focused on, um, on light. Free will, love, light. That is the focus, right? And now from that moment in which attention, we can call it attention from consciousness, we're going to see it this way, attention becomes a thing, then at that point, there is the process of creating first density. And that is 2 billion years of attention of focusing. Yes. Uh, 
Ah, beautifully. We can see it. We can see it even with three distortions, the primal distortions of the law of one. Free will. Then there is focus and light being created. That light, as it's being created or morphed into the imagination of the logos, then it goes into uh, a process of two billion of, of years of our years here on planet Earth, at least. We're not talking about another planet. It could happen in other planets, but I think we should stick with planet Earth. Now, from consciousness, how does this look? Well, what is timelessness? If you ask the question, who am I? You can navigate it all the way down or up to or whatever, <laughs> whatever direction you want to call it, all the way to the experience of no thoughts, no mind. Consciousness precedes thoughts. Consciousness is the container of experience. So you can see that there is timelessness there. There are no events happening, so there are there is no way to measure time. There are no limits. It's infinite. It's infinity. There are no uh, limitations. Uh, there is no um, quality, although quality is a word that I use to express the, the innate uh, feeling of consciousness. But there are no distinct qualities, you see. There is just what it is and what we can experience, or as I call it, imperience. So that's timelessness. Now, what happens when we wake up? Well, we're waking up to all three densities right here, at least when we wake up to space-time 3D reality. If you pay attention, you can see that we, and this is a very subtle distinction, of course, but you are made up of these first and second densities. The you, consciousness, wakes up to first, second, and third density. And you can measure this. You can see it in your own body, in your own human experience. And then there is the exploration of love and all that, which is four density and so on. So I won't get into that because we're only going into first and second density here, right? But that is the perception of consciousness. From the perception of consciousness, you can see that this is happening all the time. It's not something that is reserved for the future. It's here, it's now, it's only awaiting our exploration. And you can see why when we go into the exploration of the creation, we see all these things. First, second, third, fourth, love, fifth, communication, wisdom, sixth, unity, uh, sacramental nature of all things. Seven density is the gateway back to yourself. It's a cycle. And what is seven density? The first as the, the same as first density if you are using consciousness, because what happens? You go back to singularity. Singularity is just going back to meditation, into nothingness. Meditation into nothingness, or awareness. Aware, the awareness of being aware. That is the the recipe if you want to use it, if you can call it that. All right, so let's move on with what Ross says. They say second density is more easily estimated and represents your longest density in terms of the span of space-time. We may estimate that time is approximately, we may estimate that time as approximately 4.6 billion years. These approximations are exceedingly rough due to the somewhat uneven development which is characteristic of creations which are built upon the foundation stone of free will. Free will, mm, welcome here. 
So second density is uh, easier to estimate in terms of time because time already exists. Prior to second density, there is matter, there is energy, there is intelligent energy moving in patterns, let's put it that way, to maintain ourselves within law of one cosmology. So intelligent energy is already dancing, let's put it that way. There is a, an imagination happening in the mind of the Logos. And so second density follows the patterns of first density, but now in terms of uh, movement and growth, these are the two characteristics of second density, according to Ra. So that was around 4.6 billion years. That was, um, we had a planet of, what was it, 2 billion years, they said, right? 2 billion years, right? And then 4.6 billion years. Um, it's interesting. What is the age of the Earth? Isn't it 5 billion? Let's look it up. How old is Earth? No, that's not the question. How old is Earth? I think it's around... Oh my god, a thousand... There we go, 4.5 billion years. Well, I can't add those two <laughs> and have consistency with, uh, with science, but uh, it's... Um, that would be six, unless raw... No, that can't be. Alright, well, who do we trust? Science or raw? It's up to you. <laughs> but 4.6 billion years is uh, the time that it takes for second density, right? We may estimate that time as, approx as approximately 4.6 billion years. These approximations are exceedingly rough due to the somewhat uneven development, which is characteristic of creations, which are built upon the foundation of stone of free will. I don't know why the estimations are rough um, in terms of I'm only thinking about second density, how it evolves, because uh, from first density. So maybe it's taken into account first density. Maybe. I don't know. Um, maybe our measurements are off, thinking that it's 4.5 billion years that the Earth has been here. Uh, perhaps before the planet actually coalesced, there was uh, a time that Ross adding into the account here. I don't know. I really don't know. But that's irrelevant. The point is that uh, second density takes a long time. The cycle of first density is 2 billion. The cycle of four, uh, second density is 4.6 billion. But yeah, I know that there's a niche in my mind thinking about. I think the way I can, I can feel good with myself <laughs> is that first density, um, what we know about Earth is 4.5 billion years, but before Earth formed, so maybe, maybe this is, I think the 4.5 billion, to be honest, has to do with Earth formed as it is, right, as a, as a planet. First density, you know, there is the, which I think is still pretty, uh, pretty solid hypothesis that there is the solar disk, right? There is no planets yet. And that's all the mass of the sun, or 
all the solar mass, right? And then the sun sort of um, solidifies, if I can even call it that. And then the planets start doing the same, right? Same process. So maybe that's first density, part of that first density. And it takes two billion years before it materializes as, um, as a solid rock in our case, right? Or a sphere. So maybe that's first density and second density starts right at the beginning of what we know of planet Earth, just having all this movement, movement and growth, very, very uh, primitive at the time. And yet there is still that happening. I don't know when the first organic molecules were discovered or happened. I forget my science and times and all this stuff, but it's um, I think it's uh, we're pretty accurate with science. I think it's um, yeah, if we take into account two billion years for first density, the solar disk uh, coalescing into the spheres and all that stuff, then we can say that's first density because it's coming out of timelessness anyway. So. The sun was also be involved. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. I'm just guessing. But in any case, that's for 4.6 billion years the second density takes. These approximations are exceedingly rough. I think the when they say that these approximations are exceedingly rough, they have to do with the distinction between first density and second density. And because they say that these are characteristic of the foundation stone of free will, which... Um, in my mind, again, I can imagine this from the point of view of consciousness now, when you're imagining something, right? Think about imagining something, imagining uh, a story. You first have a glimpse of what's happening, you know, the scenario and all this stuff. This is a very rough analogy, but you are, you're having an imagination and it takes time for you to, which is not really time, you know, it's happening in your mind uh, rapidly, but at some point your characters start to have a sort of um, reality to it, right? And so you can imagine free will doing the same here with, um, with second density. How are they going to move or how they, um, Actually, it's not even the imagination, it's the play of free will now within the planet. So it's even better because we don't know how things are going to react. We just let it loose, right? And just evolves out of that. It's random movement or what seems like random movement. But okay, let's move on. Don is going to clarify, clarify this by saying, did you say that second density was 4.6 billion? B, B-I-L, is that correct? Ron says, this is correct. Don says, then we have a third density that is comparatively speaking, the twinkling of an eye, the snap of a finger in time compared to the others. Why does the third density cycle so extremely rapidly compared to first and second? And Ron says, the third density is a choice. Wow. This will allow me to share with you why I am so in love with third density and not really excited about fourth, fifth, and sixth density. I'll tell you a little story. When I started reading the raw material, I was fascinated with all the cosmology. That was the first thing that really uh, interested me. 
Forget about evolution, anything, I didn't care. Just the cosmology was so pristine, it's beautiful. So I started to get into the cosmology and then I realized, oh, there is evolution. There is evolution happening and we're all going somewhere. Ah, that makes sense. You know, that also, it sort of like fed my, um, my desire to know what would happen in the future. Are we just going to die? Are we something that just happens and we'll never remember again? Something like that, right? It was just a, an answer to that, which was my, um, my old longing from being an atheist scientist, which I was, um, and a non-believer at all of anything spiritual. And so that gave me a sort of uh, answer to that. Then I moved into saying, oh, well, I must evolve. What, what must I do? I must love everybody. I must have compassion. I must develop wisdom and so on. And I kept thinking of myself as a separate being until I realized, oh, wait a minute. Um, life, everything, experience is showing me that I am not separate. What I call I is the creator. <laughs> so how do I, how do I um, condense all of this? And long story short, that was the answer to me. It was in my own experience to realize that what I am experiencing is the universe. And it sounds simple now, <laughs> but from my point of view, to know that what I am is the universe. Everything that I experience is the universe up to date. <laughs> it's not, it's not a, a version that, it's an old version or something. No, it's the most current universe that the creator could have imagined. This is amazing. Now, the beauty of third density is that you are in the deepest fantasy that you can possibly imagine. Ra is going to talk about here, I believe they're going to talk about here, the, um, the intensity of experience. And I'll call it that. But third density is the most intense and beautiful. You see, once again, I will invoke consciousness and science. Science needs to segment in order to dissect and study. Consciousness doesn't do that. And so we need both things. And so if we see it from the point of view of science, naturally we will feel as sort of anxious. What's going to happen to me? What should I do? How can I speed my process? How can I uh, get more catalysts? And you start asking all these questions from the wrong point of view, which is the separate self. When you come in terms with your uh, sense of unity, which is, it's there, we all have it. Are we paying attention to it? That's another question. But when we do that, then all of this relaxes. There's no need for catalyst. There's no need for fifth density. There's no need for anything. All is here. And so third density is a choice and that's why it's so short. We must cherish it, you know? We're too worried about what my, our parents are going to say because I'm spending time with the one I love and I only have an hour, but I'm so worried in my mind of what's going to happen at home and all of this that I forget to enjoy the time with my loved one, with my lover. That's what's happening. 
Third density is going fast and we are stuck thinking about me as a separate self trying to save my own skin. So third density is a choice because it's very rich and they're going to talk about this here. So I want to invite you to um, look at this from the perspective of oneness, unity, your sense of self, which I am so devoted to teach, to show people, because it's the only thing that I didn't learn from books. It's the only thing that I learned from my own experience. And it checks out with everything else that I learned from books and people. And it's just, it's just, it just is. And I love it. So hopefully that helps you because it has helped me. So let's move on. Don says, very perceptive, third density then, it appears, is compared to the rest of the densities, all of them, nothing but a uniquely short period of what we consider to be time and is then for the purpose of this choice. Is this correct? Ra says, this is precisely correct. The prelude to choice must encompass the laying of the foundation, the establishment of the illusion and the viability of that which can be made spiritually viable. The remainder of the densities is continuous refining of the choice. This is also, this also is greatly lengthened, as you would use the term. The choice is, as you put it, the work of a moment, but is the axis upon which the creation turns. Oh. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I really do. <laughs> it's just a fantastic philosophy. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> I'm back to myself, to the composed self. <laughs> um, it's all right. What does Don say? <sighs> they say he says it's only a uniquely short period of what we consider to be time, and is for the purpose of choice. Yeah, it's like a moment, like when you have to choose, you choose in the moment, right? You don't choose in the future. <laughs> You do it in the moment. That's what's happening here. In the grand scheme of things, we represent that. Now, how does this how does this pan out from consciousness? I'll get there. But first, let's go with the scientific view. The scientific view would say, well, and Ra says, the prelude to choice must encompass the laying of the foundation. Well, that's first and second density, right? The establishment of the illusion, that would be, yes, how is this going to look? you know, trees and atmosphere and planets and stars and all of this, how we're we going to see it. This is all related to the archetypical mind, of course, as well. But, um, well, everything is because <laughs> anything that is anything that has to do with the mind has to do with the archetypical mind, except consciousness. Consciousness has nothing to do with mind. Um, actually, it does, but not from this point of view. Oh, man, we need context. Um, so, yeah. The prelude to choice must encompass the laying of the foundation. Yes, we must establish the illusion and the viability, what can be spiritually viable, right? And, and so from, from scientific point of view, yes, we need the foundation, we need the, the groundwork for us to have experience, right? You need to have ground for your characters to move in. You need to have a, a land or something like that. That's the foundation of the illusion. Now, 
the remainder of the densities is continuous refining of the choice, meaning the fourth, fifth, and sixth density is the refining of that choice you made. Okay, uh, There are different dimensions here, and I'll talk about them. This also is greatly lengthened as we would use time. The choice is, as you put it, the work of a moment, but it's the axis upon... Okay, let me go, because every sentence here is just packed. This is also greatly lengthened. What is? Fourth, fifth, and sixth density. If memory serve, I believe fourth density is 30 million years long. Uh, fifth density is 50, 50 million or 70 million, and then 90 million, something like that. Uh, sixth density being 90 million. I think that's what it is. I may be wrong. Maybe it's 75 for sixth density, 50 for fifth density, and 30 for fourth density. We're talking about long periods of time. We're talking about millions of years compared to 75,000, which is third density. And prior to that, we had billions of years. So it takes, from our perspective, the scientific view, it takes a long time to create all of this foundation. Then it takes a blink of an eye, right? The snap of a finger, like Don said, to make the choice and then refine that choice over time. Okay. The choice is the work of a moment. We know that in terms of the length of the cosmology, the evolving, the evolving universe. But is the axis upon which the creation turns. Now let me let me finish the scientific one. The scientific one would say, ah, of course, you know there is a choice, whether it be positive or negative, and it goes into different um, um, categories for evolution: service to self, service to others, and so on. Um, all that it implies, and then it goes into um, the solution. That's the end, right? Of course, there is the axis because once you make the choice, but see, it's not just, I, I have to say it, this cannot be the axis. Like you don't, you don't go to four density negative and be stuck there until the end. You can actually switch according to raw. You can become aware of uh, service to others. Let's say the, the reality of service to others and switch. This happens 20% of the time according to raw. Um, there is an attraction to the light, which apparently doesn't happen to positives that go into negative, except if they come back to third density, which is another story, and I won't get into that. Um, but see, I think the axis upon which the creation turns, which is the choice, is all dependent on, because that's how it is to me. Every one of us, no matter if we all choose um, service to others or service to self for that matter we all have a unique perspective of reality because of our own experience and so all of this is fed into consciousness to have the experience of refining that choice so we all make the choice of service to others but we all have different reasons why we made that choice right so that to me is valuable it's valuable to the one creator because Yes, it all merges into a social memory complex and we unify ourselves, but each and one of those 
choices, how you came, let's just imagine that in fourth density we all get together and say, before we unify ourselves, what made you choose a service to others? And you would say, oh, you know, my family, or you say, well, the vicissitudes of life, or all the incarnations. <laughs> I mean, it's a complex thing. I'm trying to um, simplify it, but, you know, that's a, that to me is a valuable information. So um, the choice which is made in, in the moment, third density, Yes, all our story, everything, everything from the previous incarnations and so on has an impact. And so from, from consciousness, that's how I see it. I see that there is the, the desire to know everything, everything possible. Um, there is no separation in consciousness. So every, every one of us is an experience, it's a thought, it's a memory, it's a recollection of, uh, of experiences and consciousness knows this and it, it enjoys each decision made by different circumstances and the different karma inertia that we have so it's um there is only one consciousness perceiving all of this and if we can we and if we can navigate that if we can get with that then everything just feels so much more real i think that's the only word i can say anyhow let's move on question 17. don says is this third density choice the same throughout all of the creation of which you are aware ra says we are aware of creations in which third density is lengthier and more space time is given to the choosing however the proportions remain the same the dimensions all being somewhat etiolated and weakened by the Logos to have a variant experience of the Creator. This creation is seen by us to be quite vivid. <laughs> We're going to get more into vivid, the word vivid there. Um, but first, let me get this. Uh, are all third densities the same in terms of length, right? Uh, is this third density choice the same throughout? Yes, I think Don was just asking if the third density choice, is this third density choice the same throughout all? Yeah, the choice in third density must be the same, or at least not the choice itself, but you know what I mean, the choice. Um, the necessity to choose is throughout all third density. But Ra explains the length, right? They say, we're aware of creations in which third density is lengthier and more space-time is given to the choosing. Um, I suppose it makes sense, depending on how intense the experience will be, which is, of course, dependent on the blueprint of the Logos. And so Ra says that the proportions remain the same, however. If it takes longer to make the choice, then it takes longer to refine, I suppose. Maybe it takes longer to um, to create first and second density. Who knows? It's not here. It's not explicitly say said here. The dimensions all being somewhat etiolated and weakened. Yes, these um, they have to right. Etiolated means uh, I think it means like diluted. Uh, degraded more yeah diluted probably is my word of choice so 
these dimensions have to be weakened because the experience is not as intense. So there is more time to mm, refine it, I guess, and experience it. So in this case, Ross talking about this creation is seen by us to be quite vivid, our creation. Sometimes I used to have issues with the word creation here because Ra uses it in so many ways. But you're talking about locally. Planet Earth is a creation. Consciousness can only perceive itself uh, like it does here on planet Earth. Well, here on planet Earth. So this is a creation. If you go to another planet, you'll be in consciousness with another archetypical mind and so on. Then you would experience reality different. And that's what Ra is talking about here. They are aware of creations in which their density is lengthier and the dimensions are etiolated, diluted and weakened. And so this creation is quite vivid. Now, Don is interested and says, I don't, I didn't understand what you meant by seeing to you has been quite vivid. What do you mean? Ra says, this creation is somewhat more condensed by its logos than some other logoi have chosen. Thus, each experience of the creator by the creator in this system of distortions is, relatively speaking, more bright or, as we said, vivid. Ah, love it. So this is the intensity. This is the intensity of the experience of life here. For reasons we cannot really understand because we only know our experience, this life, this human experience is very intense, very vivid. I suppose it has to do with how we process experience, how catalyst is brought to bear. And you see, again, I think the scientific part would see it as, oh, this is, this is a mistake or it's too intense. Maybe the sun made a mistake because we're thinking about the sun as a, a mechanic <laughs> who created as an inventor, which is not really it's kind of kind of limited to say that. But um, yeah, we can we can get into trouble, you know, mentally by saying, "Oh, this is it's too intense." I've heard this before. No, no, I don't want to come back to planet Earth because this sucks. This is too heavy. And <laughs> the reason why they say it uh, actually speaks of how vivid this is, because you're so lost into thinking that this is real, that this is, um, that this, your experience of separation is real. That's what you're lost. Yes, everything is so real. Third density here, human experience is so real that its aspect of separation becomes even more um, believable. See, so that's what it is. It's a belief, but it becomes more believable because how vivid it is. And, you know, from consciousness, see, one of the things that we do in the direct path is to know that, and this goes with further uh, exploration of the self, but one of the things that happen in this uh, in this process is that you realize that what you actually are is not at all um, 
dependent on the mind or physical world the body and the mind um, we don't depend on that it's a very difficult thing to say without context and without the proper uh, preparation I would say but that's what's happening you become much more aware that who you are and what you are is the experiencing part or rather that which is aware of the experience which is all of us and so from that point of view I mean things have happened to me which recently <laughs> just stupid things right but they they contain the whole thing within which is laughing at the fact that I have a body it is so amazing to know that you have a body I mean it's incredible when you realize that you are not the body you don't depend on the body or the mind then the, the body and the mind becomes just fascinating look at a child playing with their bodies and you know the imagination of a child right because they're so amazed consciousness is saying woohoo we lost that because um, we lost ourselves in the experience of separation third density has a very intense um, expression of the aspect of separation and so we believe that so that's why I think it's is it's so vivid because we we can get lost in the perception of separation we believe that to be true we we get drunk with the um, with the sensation of separation yeah I can't say it any other way so yes that's why it is so vivid so bright what else do they say yes bright very bright it's real my god this is real is this real <laughs> it's like when you when you played a video game and it was it was okay you know Atari NES and then Super NES and you're saying like wow the graphics are becoming great now you're in virtual reality and you're saying like uh, I'm having a hard time trying to remember that I exist as a human well we're going to keep advancing that way in the future if we keep improving technology to the point in which consciousness will be lost not only through the mind but it's like a double mind you see now the virtual reality is going to become this very real mind and you would say oh watch out don't get lost there well why not we're lost here <laughs> and it's fun so I'm not encouraging virtual reality AI and all of that stuff nor am I discouraging it I don't care <laughs> I know that we are fine no matter what happens because we are the one nothing can happen to the one something can happen only to the separate self not to the one so question is are you the one or are you the separate self so I'll leave you to chew that question move on to question 19 where Don says I am assuming that on entering into third density for this planet disease did not exist in any form is this correct Ross says this is incorrect Don says what was the form of disease and why did this exist at the beginning third density at beginning third density Ra explains firstly 
That which you speak of as disease is a functional portion of the body complex which offers the body complex the opportunity to seize viability. This is a desirable co body complex function. The second portion of the answer has to do with the second density other selves of a microscopic, as you would call it, size, which have in some forms long existed and perform their service by aiding the physical body complex in its function of ceasing viability at the appropriate space-time. So, <laughs> disease, illness, death, um, decay, all that stuff. So, Don thought that there was no disease at the beginning of third density, and that is not true because there are two things that cause what we call disease. Um, I know, I know, I know, political language and all that stuff. We cannot call, um, what's the call? Aging. Aging shouldn't be called disease. We call it beauty now. No, I don't know what we call it. <laughs> We're always looking for euphemisms and ways to, oh no, no, let's not face that dark side of us that looks, um, looks so terrible. Well, that's all about semantics and uh, etymology and so many issues we have with language. We, we get too sensitive over time and that's okay. I suppose that there is a reason for that. But let's call aging a disease, right? Because its function is to um, bring the body to an inviable state once we have um, explored a lot of catalysts, let's say. So in any case, what is disease? Ra says, that which you speak of a disease is a functional portion of the body complex which offers the body complex the opportunity to seize viability. So I explained that, that's aging. This is a desirable body complex function, of course. We need this. We want this. We don't want to live forever. That would suck. Um, and it won't be uh, helpful, actually. All the people that want to you know, keep living is because of fear of death, fear of the death of the separate self which never existed in the first place. So we, uh, we engage into uh, funny and sometimes questionable <laughs> uh, behaviors. Now the second portion of the answer, which has to do with disease, is about second density other selves. I love that Ross says second density other selves. You see, um, other selves is not only humans. Other selves is everything. This little phrase here, shows you that, I'll give you an example, in the raw material, uh, the raw contact, I'm sorry, the version of the raw contact that I'm translating into Spanish, I translated uh, service to others. It was, it maybe it's, it's a little bit more, it's, I know it's semantics and I love words, so why not? I translated into servicio a otros, which means to others, just like in, in English, but in Spanish, there used to be a translation of um, mo prohimo means more a direct human being, which to me is not it's not true. It's not entirely true because it's it's alluding to the possibility of service only to humans. Forget about animals. Forget about the planet. Forget about the stars and the heaven and earth and all of this stuff. Whatever. So to me, service to others is anything that seems uh, different than me. And that would even be my body, service to others. Body is my other self. Everything is my other self, but too abstract, I know. So, all right, so what's happening? Second density, other selves of a microscopic, this would be 
bacteria and viruses as or viri is that right viri as you would call it which have in some form long existed and performed their service by aiding the physical body complex in its function of ceasing viability at the appropriate space time so these are catalysts these are body catalysts there is a lot of perspective here especially with what uh, the pandemic brought, which is a very deep understanding into the biology of our planet, the ecosystem of bacteria, virus, and all this stuff, which is just a beautiful ecosystem. They have coexisted for a long time. I remember um, watching a video one day where they were talking about the, the constant war between bacteria and virus. And how you know they've been fighting I mean it's funny because it is a it is an interpretation of what's happening as we know from non-duality anything that we talk about is an interpretation of that which is which cannot be interpreted in its final form because its final form is its beginning form <laughs> the alpha is the omega right the anfang is das ende und das ende is dann anfang Oh, I butchered German there. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a little gift for you to see where I got it from. But um, yes, this, um, this idea that there is um, the, um, the war between bacteria and virus. That's not true. They coexist. They help each other. There is another interpretation, of course, in which they see how the virus updates the bacteria and the bacteria um, lends uh, a more beautiful environment for virus to also uh, evolve, if you will, or create more different versions of it, the strains and all this stuff that we talk about. And we're afraid of it. We're afraid of all this stuff. It's like being afraid of oxygen because oxygen does oxidize your cells and that means you die <laughs> this is all part of the system this is like trying to wax a tree you know so it doesn't fall it will rot eventually so leave it be it's okay to die it's okay to get sick but even that is taboo in our society it's not okay to die that's why we have hospitals you know we'll put all kind of tubes and plugs and um, hoses and all kinds of thing in you so we keep you alive because you have to live it's a very difficult choice to die nowadays. <laughs> uh, easiest thing, the one thing that we have for sure when we live, when we are born, so difficult. But yes, um, these um, bacteria and virus exist, these micros microcos microscopic uh, second density other cells are there to provide this viability. So it's all natural, it's all good, don't worry. You know, if you want to live a natural life, have some bacteria, please. In fact, and I actually say this, you know, in, within all, within the law, <laughs> I can say, and I say the law, um, regulations, jurisdiction, whatever. Yeah, have some bacteria, have some, you know, raw vegetables, of course, wash them, the whole thing, if you want to. I don't wash them sometimes. And, um, you know, some probiotics, Everybody talks about probiotics, you know, we eat yogurt, uh, what's it called, kombucha, kefir, or something like that. That's well and good, but you need prebiotics too. Prebiotics is 
vegetables, that which the bacteria like to eat. You, know, you put bacteria in your body, but then you eat, feed at McDonald's. Come on, what are you doing? The lettuce in there? No. <laughs> feed him good. Uh, give him food. You're getting bacteria in your body. Give him food. That's a good ecosystem. Anyhow, let's move on. Question 21, Don says, what I'm trying to understand is the difference between the plan of the logos for these second density entities and the generation of what I would guess to be a more or less runaway array of feedback to create various physical problems that act as catalysts in our present third density condition. Could you give me an indication of that, of whether my thinking is anywhere near right on that? Well, let's see. Ross says, this instrument's physical body complex is becoming more distorted towards pain. That's Carla. We shall therefore speak to the subject as our last full query of this working. Your query contains some internal confusion, which causes the answer to be perhaps more general than desired. We invite refinements of the query. Oh, I love that answer. The Logos plan for entities of mind-body-spirit complex to gain experience until the amount of experience was sufficient for an incarnation. This varied only slightly from second density entities whose mind-body complexes existed for the purpose of experiencing growth and seeking consciousness. So uh, why is Ra limited to give a general uh, answer? Because Don's question is um, it's too broad and it's not specific. He's saying, I'm trying to understand basically why would the Logos design second density entities that would cause this disease, right? Uh, more or less runaway array of feedback to create various physical problems. So basically the interaction of what we call disease, which is infections and um, decay. Um, you know, I'm not even putting into this cancer, which is for the most part generated by the mind and exacerbated, of course, by our lifestyle, but the lifestyle feeds the mind and the mindset and all this stuff. So. You know how it goes. There is a, a fascinating complexity in it, but we don't have to get into that. The thing is that Don asks a very general question. It's not very specific. And so I think it's appropriate that he mentioned the various physical problems that act as catalysts in our present third density condition, because that is the purpose of disease, of your body expressing what it expresses as issues, right? And so that's why Ross said, your query contains some internal confusion, which causes the answer to be more general. And so what did they say? The Logos plan for entities of mind-body-spirit complex to gain experience until the amount of experience was sufficient in an incarnation. We get into lifespan here, which we talked about, God, when was this? In the 20s? I'm talking about sessions. Session 20-something? Lifespan was reduced from 900 years, 75,000 years ago, to in Egypt even to 30 years, the lifespan, 30 to 40 years. So we had a um, huge decrease. I don't even know what that is. That'd be uh, 3% almost, right? 2 2-3% of the intended for third density. So why was that? Because we got a lot of catalysts and we didn't use it and we didn't put into work the law of responsibility. And so what happened? We lost uh, lifespan because there was a lot of catalysts and we had to die younger. 
period. So we have inherited that body. However, we do have a lot. This is all in a long explanation that I gave back then, which has to do with how you needed more time before because catalyst was slowly digested. Now we digest catalyst rapidly. Plus we have a mind that has uh, and has evolved tremendously. It's a long answer, but I won't get into that. So this varied only slightly from second density entities whose mind-body complexes existed for the purpose of experiencing growth and seeking consciousness. So, yeah, it varied only slightly back then from our second density ancestors to this. So the need for disease was there. Um, let's, let's read what else Ross said here. They say, as the third density upon your planet proceeded, as has been discussed, the need for the physical body complex to cease became more rapidly approached due to intensified and more rapidly gained catalysts. Yes, we talked about this. This catalyst was not being properly assimilated. Therefore, the, shall we say, lifetimes needed to be shorter, that learning might continue to occur with the proper rhythm and increment Thus, more and more opportunities have been offered as your density has progressed for disease. May we ask if there are further brief queries before we close? There's one more that I'll cover, but let's first get into this. So yeah, I got ahead of myself. Third density happened 75,000 years ago. Then we went through a process of not paying attention to the catalyst that we were receiving and we shortened our lifespan. I explain all of that. Go, I think I haven't even titled Lifespans or something. Go check it out. I gave a beautiful explanation there. Um, it was, wasn't mine, it was just a Ra's explanation, but I, I talked about it. Um, about this expression of how we have evolved. So don't think that because we don't have the 900 years that were intended. I mean, we're now at 10% of that, which is 90 years, <laughs> if you care to um to put into into account that but um yeah 90 years is not so far-fetched and yeah go go check it out now yeah they need to be shorter thus more and more opportunities have been offered as your density progresses for disease so we need the disease i think disease carries a lot of information for us of course as to you know, what is happening to us. This is all, uh, I forget how it is in English, bio decoding or something like that, where you can see where, you know, where your mind is and why, what's causing your pains and your problems and so on. And of course, you know, the best way to do all of this is just be mindful, have, have an interest. It's my best recommendation. I've tried everything. I've been into nutrition, training, into meditation, mindfulness, all of this stuff. Nothing beats becoming interest in your own nature. That's it. That. Oh, and cold showers. <laughs> I'll add that in because I love them. All right, let's move on to the last question that I have. It's usually a question that I don't read, but it's the last one and it has some material. So. Question 22, Don says, I had one that is totally possibly of no value. 
You don't have to expand on it, but there is a crystal skull in the possession of a woman near Toronto that may be of some value in investigating these communications with Ra, since I think, possibly, this had some origin from Ra. Can you tell me anything about that? And then, finally, is there anything that we could do to improve the contact or to make the instrument more comfortable? Ross says, although your query is one which uncovers interesting material, we cannot answer due to the potential due to the potential an answer may have of for affecting your actions. The appurtenance are carefully placed and requisite care taken. We are appreciative. All is well. I am Ra. I leave you, my friends, in the love and delight of the one infinite creator. Go forth, therefore, glorifying and rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the one infinite creator, Adonai. Well, not much to say there. <laughs> uh, Crystal Skull, some woman in Toronto had it. Ra says, interesting, can't talk about it because my answer or our answer can affect your actions in the future, I guess. Uh, <laughs> to me, this is just another one of those things that Don was interested. Um, it reminds me that back in the days, 80s, 90s, we were all so uh, fascinated by the mysteries of the universe, you know, uh, historically UFOs and ETs and the possibilities we're exploring. I mean, the cosmos was being explored back then. Uh, the Voyager, right? The two Voyagers. Wow, what a trip. All the pictures we got for the first time. Something flying out of the solar system. We were in expectation of what would happen. Coming from like 30 ages of UFO sightings and all this stuff. So we were really interested in um, all these mysterious stuff. Consciousness has now taken a turn into, to my belief, because it's what I'm living, <laughs> has taken a turn to the inside. At least that has been my experience, and I think that echoes the general perspective of reality. And so this is a vestige of those times where Don was obviously interested in all these mysterious things, and there was a direct relationship with Ra. Now, what was it that was connected to Ra? We may never know, at least not in this density. <laughs> But that's it. That's all I got. Conclusions. Well, we talked about evolution, cosmic evolution. I think I want to bring it back to consciousness, which is how I see all of this. Mainly because I find that in the past I used to be troubled by the possibility of this being something that I had to work in for the future. And you know, fourth density, fifth density, and so on, they all seem apart from me. Once I started to get more into my own experience and realizing that what I am is really everything, then it doesn't make sense for me to think that I will go to fourth density. Who is the I that will go to fourth density is the question. Who is the I that will evolve? And what is this evolution all about? Because it seems real but I cannot be going into because I am. And so the only way that I could um, collapse all of this was to see it in my own experience. So I must be 
of this experience must be available all of this it's not so difficult to reunite um, this apparent departure between consciousness all consciousness all being into the reality that we're living and this is mostly exacerbated by the, the constant um, constant thing that people say when they say well I know I'm God and all of this but I am here in third density there is a validity to this it is true that you God are experiencing a sense of separation and that is beautiful see but there is a sort of resentment when people say this there's always a sort of uh, you know well I guess I must endure third density and I don't see that passion for third density I don't see that love for life I mean some of you do so I read it in the comments but um, well I can't do anything for you you're already living the same thing I am <laughs> so woohoo let's celebrate together but the people who are still stuck you know in that um, in that stumbling block much like I was at the beginning when I started reading all of this and I um, reconciled within myself it was all because I saw that yes fourth fifth sixth density the same if the singularity is what I am and I can experience third density here right I'm experiencing third density it's clear to me that I'm experiencing some some strong separation from everything and yet I can also experience singularity seven density or the octave the nothingness the the no thingness then clearly I must be everything and what is the sandwich in between singularity and third density well obviously fourth fifth sixth and seven all of these densities are within me within the I that I call self it's only that this experience right now that I'm having is at the edge of my being the edge of my being in terms of the creation is this third density so this is the sort of mentality that I have to reconcile like I said the fact that I'm experiencing I the one self am experiencing separation and yet I am everything at the same time including Ra including Pleiades including Orion and so on this is why I say that there are no entities somebody um, pointed out that he has videos of other entities that exist outside of the mind and my answer was very good I don't deny all of that but where do you perceive him don't you perceive him in your mind yes so they are in your mind all entities are in your mind positive negative you others they're all within you if you can get with that you have solved this whole equation and so that's my that's my intention um very quick before i finish um i have been working with people lately in my program for the direct path it's something that i have further refined to give this experience with me go through it together and i go from the first natural experience that we have of believing that we're separate because it's, it's a belief and it's a strong belief like we said in this um, in this last part is a very vivid creation we have to start there we cannot start with I am one that's just a noise that we make 
you don't feel it. And so we go from the most tangible thing that we have, which is I am a body in a mind, and we go all the way down to the self to experience that. There's a lot of stuff in there. If you're interested, I am putting work into this because this is my biggest gift right now to anybody. And I'm doing it one-on-one, eight weeks, it's a whole program. I won't give you the details here. I want to give them to you on a discovery call so we can see where you are right now. I'll leave the link here so you can book it if you're interested. I know you're interested, so let's talk. Let's find out how we can do this together because what I'm sharing is not knowledge from a different book or something else or I'm promoting something that I'm... No, it's what I'm promoting myself, my experience, what I am. And I want to give that to you too. So link in the description, YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, is that what it's called? I forget. All the podcasts, (laughs) you have to go to YouTube for description. And that's the link. All right, so that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. Be well, and I'll see you in session 77.